Welcome to The Unlistenables, long-form musical analysis from a couple of old, broken-down pieces of meat. I'm Howard Chu, one of your hosts. Shortly, I'll be joined by Emo Damas Andrew Hollingworth, the dude that actually has a working mic. Avil and I are a couple of old emo veterans. We've had our fair share of emo nights and Chris Caraba-influenced sing-alongs. Every month, we deep-dive one of the seminal albums in the emo canon to address the elephant in the room. Does any of this actually hold up over time? This week, we're digging into the winding, esoteric memory palace that is Jimmy World's Clarity. You might call this your favorite email musician's favorite email album. Stick around for musings on The Root of All Happiness, as well as junior analyst Andrew Hollingworth crushing my litany of McKen's emo-style estimation case questions. Let's dig in. We're going. All right. Welcome, episode two of the Unlistenables. Let's mean, go. Uh, A-hole and Howard here once again. We're doing. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jimmy World's Clarity today. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I really enjoyed listening to this, and we'll. We'll. I'm going to dig into you know sort of my experience, but it's a little bit of role reversal from the last episode that you know I knew brand new really well. I knew that album really well, although I did forget entirely about one of their albums existing in that hour and a half when we talked. Um, and then, you know, you it was it was sort of newer for you, so you were coming at it fresh. And then this time we're totally the opposite. So I had never listened to this album. In fact, I know basically no songs on it, except for we were listening to the extended edition, which has sweetness on it. So I knew that one a little bit, but that's it. Yep. So... Like, I know nothing. I knew so little about Jimmy Eat World. So I'd like for you to maybe kick off this episode and tell me a little bit, like, tell me a little bit about what this album meant to you, means to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, when you and I were texting about this, you mentioned that you think that this is like a good compliment and a good follow-up to, to Deja and Tanzu. Would love to kind of dig into why exactly you, you thought that. I definitely feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I can start with maybe some impressionistic uh, thoughts and, and feelings about uh, this album, especially comparing it to, to Deja Antendu. So when I think about Deja Antendu, I think it's like, it feels dark. It feels like a, a Brooklyn bar. I'm, I'm there like 2 a.m. People are just nursing drinks. It feels, it feels a little gross, a little dank. And when I listen to Clarity, I'm, again, I'm so curious what this experience was like for you. This one feels like almost blindingly bright. Like the, the portrayal of that people have of someone like entering heaven. That's <laughs> the way that some of these songs feel to me. Just so expansive and like ethereal. So it, it, it sounds like, it sounds like church sometimes. Um, so I think even just like stylistically and like the thing that it puts into my heart is, is like almost a complete opposite, which is, really funny. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if that's emblematic of like our personality types or what we gravitate towards, but uh, <laughs> an interesting kind of like footnote to, to start this conversation. Um, I love the way that in the last episode you were describing how, you know, when Dejan Tendu dropped, it was just like attached at the hip to you, you stuck yeah. together and it was yeah. like a constant picture of you, your life and, and what you're thinking about. You found it and like, you never let go. I think with this Jimmy World album with Clarity, it, it like finds me. It's it's like a boomerang that like yeah. just goes out into space and comes back 
at these certain points in my life. And, and in particular, what I'm thinking of is moments where I feel like I'm, I'm like stepping into something new or like really growing as like a person or a human mm -hmm. being. And, and mm -hmm. you know, that's like when I went and studied abroad for a summer in Taiwan, like that was the first time that like this album became like really big for me. Uh, and then even now the experience that I'm having, I'm in Medellin for uh, a month and I've listened to this album every single day and when I step out of my door, I'm playing, you know, uh, I'm, I'm playing the tracks and it just, it, it just feels like it's, it's soundtracking the, the kind of growth and exploration. Yeah. So yeah. in particular, like I, I, I'm thinking of this photo of like uh, from Tower, Joe Bryan, he's on top of a rock and he has his arms just like doing a Christ stare, yeah. like yeah. just embracing the, the newness. And that's, that's what this album really like feels to me. Um, yeah, I love that. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw that to you in terms of, yeah, like what, how did this kind of like activate in you? And then uh, I'd love to kind of dig into a little bit of the background, the themes, the story of, of this album. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, I think uh, I would not have been able to put it in those terms, but I really like the like growth and transformation, like uh, sort of a, it, it, this album really does. I do feel like top to bottom, it feels like sort of an inflection point for somebody. And I, it's great. Like, I think that that's really, I wouldn't have been able to put that into words. So um, I really like that. And uh, I don't know if I think it's quite as joyful as you. So maybe it does have more to do with our personalities. Like, but this song, like screams to me, Pacific Northwest. Like it feels, this song felt to, I mean, this album feels to me like, Seattle where I've been like a couple of times to visit I've never lived there like I am an east coast boy born and bred I am way too grumpy for the pacific northwest um but I don't know is... the Seattle people can be a little little salty but <laughs> oh, yeah. but uh but it it just sort of it feels like there's this sort of like balance of like my experience in Seattle is it's like feels like it's this very clean city but it's also like very sort of gray and like, I, I don't know. So I, I felt like it was holding these two pieces in sort of equal measure. There are these sort of bright, hopeful mm -hmm. moments. Um, and then there's also sort of like, it's not the deep dark depths, like you said, of brand new, but it is like, there's some edge there. There's a little bit yeah. of like, it's not afraid of its own shadow, which I really like. Um, the, the the thing I think that I, I, I really took away from it and you had sort of mentioned this like, offhanded to me but was like you said it and it totally stuck in my head and just kept rolling around my head as I was listening to this album but it's like pretty esoteric and like it's so I fucking that, specific right like and I thought that was so fascinating because like especially in an emo album and I do want to talk about like you know we'll dig into it like this has an emo album but I, I have I have it was very interesting to my experience uh, uh sort of related to this um but like when i think of emo like i'm thinking of something that is emotional is that like intended to be accessible and like i think of it as like very much more on the like clever side and this is not clever I mean, that's not to say it's not like well-written, but it's not clever. It's more abstract in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, you know, this this album sort of like almost aggressively 
is the opposite of that. And what's funny is obviously this album came before a lot of that. So it's, uh, you Mm. just, maybe, maybe it's better to think of it in terms of setting the stage for that. Um, But in a little bit of like my mediocre internet research on like songmeetings.com or whatever, um, I did come across the fact that like Jim Adkins has like talked about this album and specifically um, like Table for Glasses, the like intro song. And maybe this is old news to you, but like he, you know, he's like giving a little bit of background and he talks about how it's like he was watching this art performance. And for him, he was really moved by watching it and trying to understand it himself. And then like, by way of that, now Diffley doesn't, tries not to explain any of his songs. I was like, that is, yeah, I, I love it. But it is so the opposite, so different than what I think of for so much emo that is just like mm-hmm. apparent. It is, this is what this song is about. It's about a breakup or it's about, you know, falling in love or or, or something like that. And, and it, it may sound a specific way. Like there's an expectation of, of like the certain driving guitars or, or whatever. Uh, it is very interesting. I think the Tables for Glasses conversation too. Um, I don't know if you we were looking at the same uh, comments or the same <laughs> article, but one of the things that people were saying was was that um, Jim Atkins, Jimmy World, was trying to think about like what's the most like punk rock way that we could start this album, right? And instead of kicking in with like the expected uh, you know power chords and all that stuff, the way that they thought about punk is like z- zigging instead of zagging. So starting with that like funereal organ just like uh it, it sounds again it sounds like you're in freaking church and um right it, they are trying to defy expectation through this album which i think is like so interesting so it's like it is like a divergence but in it's some strange way it still is emo it still is like what we're talking about uh but and then there's like a lot of different layers on top of that so uh i love that I love that we were uh, probably just hitting, uh, ringing up the the hit count on like the same article uh, and the same like YouTube videos. But um, yeah, yeah, I I think that's a really good place to to start. Yeah. And I I think like, I want to, you know, I don't, we have our sort of like awards and I don't know how attached we are to the order. We'll see sort of going forward. But I think that that segues well into, you know, this ain't a scene. Do we think that this is emo? Like, I, I want to hear what you think about yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you touched yeah, on it yeah. a little bit. Like, it sounds sort of like emo, but it doesn't always. It's yeah. sort of like, so tell me, like, tell me, is this emo? Ooh, 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 we're, we're, we're shooting our shot already. Um, <laughs> I think that there are tracks on here that are emo. I think overall... Uh, I don't, it's, it's hard to say that it's a completely emo album. It's, it's definitely like, if it's not, if it is emo, it's emo with like a lot of slashes and a lot of dashes uh, and a lot of other acronyms and identities. Um, I've seen people describe this as like chamber pop. I think one of the pieces of context about this album is like prior to doing Clarity, Jim Atkinson and one of the other people um, in, in Jimmy World, they're working on like a soft rock album. And then like some of some of the songs and some of the concepts from that album became clarity. So so in that way, like I think that some of the bones and foundations of this are actually like very, very different. So uh 
I'm going to give you an unanswered and say like it, it is, but then in many ways it isn't. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's definitely, I guess, if you're putting it on a spectrum relative to Dijon Tintu, it's like so much less emo than, than I, I think, um, uh, than that one. Yeah. Uh, what I think but, is so okay. funny is, so like, <clears throat> I think I tend to agree with you. Like, I think that this, this album can, can fit or could house a few more like genres or labels than, than Dijon Tintu. But I don't, I mean, so two things here. One, you know, you said like relative to Deja Antandu. And so one, one of my favorite things that I've ever come across um, is this, uh, this web comic. Um, and it's by this guy who and it's called the theory of hipster relativity. Um, and like, I don't know this. You don't know it. Okay, great. So the theory of hipster relativity, like as summarized, and it's this, this, uh, this guy, Dustin Glick, but it's like, basically like, every person you meet has a slightly different version of what they think is a hipster. And if you start mm -hmm. on the like way one side of the spectrum, like a white collar, like Warren Buffett or like a white collar businessman, like Warren Buffett thinks the dude thinks like, you know, a dude wearing a hoodie and jeans is like a hipster. And that guy thinks like, you know, the guy with the goatee and the Grateful Dead shirt. And then that guy thinks the guy with the plaid button. So there's this, it's an incredible comic. And on the very far right is uh, Kip from TV on the radio. And then, <laughs> and then a unicorn wearing a beret. Um, but I like to think of that applying to a lot of different things. Like hipsterism is great, but like, emo i think fits the bill as well right like there is this sort of theory of emo relativity to me where it's like yeah all these things can be different um but having said that i also you know i listen to a lot of emo i'm like a touch on the emo community but there's this guy tom mullen and he is the author um he's an author and he's like a preeminent emo historian he's written two uh, uh two volumes called the anthology of emo volumes one and two it's like an oral history um he also has this uh he he has a podcast called washed up emo don't listen to that one listen okay. to ours just kidding uh, <laughs> and no it's it's a great podcast it's really cool he Burn into the ground. Okay. Inter inter interviews like all these, like all the actual artists. Um, and he also runs the site isthisbandemo.com. And uh -huh. so like I've followed this guy for a little bit, and like he loves Jimmy E World and has always loved Jimmy E World. And like like I think to him, like Jimmy E World is like the preeminent emo band. And I Ooh. never got it. I never got it. I couldn't understand it because I knew the middle, the sweetness, yeah. and like I've heard Bleed American. Like those are the only songs I knew, and they're all fine songs, but they're not emo. Like those aren't emo. Those are not pop emo. Songs. Or like, like, like they're like very easily power pop songs. Maybe yeah. the middle is a little angsty in that way, but even that, I'm like, it's not that emo. So then I listen to this album, and I'm like, oh. I get it. Like I, it clicked. Um, like it, it was just really fun to feel like I finally like got it. Um, and, All you had to and, do was just go one album above. You have to go to the, the root. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, but it, I thought it was interesting because like it feels emo to me in the way 
that the like sort of really early seeds of of what it became in the 2000s like that that mid to late 90s emo it's like i, I don't know how much of this you listen to but like american football promise ring sunny day real no. estate like those are the bands yeah like they like sort of set the stage and this is totally in that vein um and i i just think it's like interesting like it's evolving a sort of alongside grunge and like yeah just really interesting to like to like listen to all of this and hear how this is like that that the prototype for bands like brand new and take back sunday and fallout boy hint hint uh to like pick up the uh pick up the baton and uh and 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 go to the sort of next you know next iteration of it that that next wave it it strikes me that the funny thing about all this is you and i like at no point have ever defined like what is emo what are we actually talking about here but uh maybe that's, that's a uh corollary or like a uh, subscriber only podcast that we can we can do you know, <laughs> yeah patreon exclusive uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like i don't know i it this is the fun of it to me is like talking about it right but like i think that like feeling like you're gonna come up come away with a binary answer about like what is this what is this genre for anything is like always sort of a it's a fool's errand a little bit it's it's a spectrum everything everything in life is a spectrum so 100 percent. okay i i I would love to see the the comic that you're talking about we can put it in the yeah for uh, sure in the note because we're a legitimate podcast and we have yeah metadata and stuff so um, of course of course All right, uh, next award at the Circle K locks Machiavelli. Wait, sorry, sorry. Let's let's <laughs> sorry. Let's let's dig a little bit. I know you're chopping a bit. Let's dig a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about themes and the story on this. Yeah. Just, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Please. To context to context set a little bit, because uh, yeah, I, I, I think it'll it'll just be helpful. Uh, yeah, le- level setting. So Great. as you mentioned, um, this was precursor to. Elite American, which was like Jimmy World's massive, massive uh, uh, kind of like entree into like the American American consciousness. Um, I'm very curious, actually. I have a couple of trivia questions for you, or uh, estimation questions. So now we're in like kind of consulting interview uh, style. <laughs> so for this album, actually, no, we'll work backwards. Uh, the middle, as you mentioned, is Jimmy World's most popular track. Yeah. Uh, it has 600 million streams on Spotify. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm curious, Quiz, what do you think is the most listened to track on this album? And how many streams do you think it has on Spotify? The most listened to track. I think it's got to be... I think it's got to be like... I think it's got to be for me. This is heaven. Wow. Let's go. Okay. That's wow. Good guess. Is that good? Is that right? You're right. I'm, I'm very curious incredible. what you thought about, but that, I um, uh, so we'll, we'll touch on this later, but I, I think that one to me is sort of like the most, the most accessible, like it's the least esoteric in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and um yeah i mean yeah uh, i think that i'm but if i were to guess how many let's see so so the middle has 600 million you said 600 million 
So this has like, I mean, this has got to have like a hundred million. Six million. Six million. One percent. <laughs> if that gives you a sense of this, the level of esotericness of this album relative to the mainstream, uh, yes, one percent of their biggest hit is is on this album. So damn, uh, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about uh, whether or not this was the album to choose. <laughs> Uh, we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there interesting foreshadowing um okay so other context on this i I think like you we're we're talking a lot about like how esoteric how specific this album is like why why did that happen right like so uh context is and like i don't know if you did this in your research or or really came across this but um jimmy world one of the first emo bands to sign like a major record uh deal with Capitol Records, they okay. had a few albums on this deal. The first one, Static Prevails, which was like one of the first, I think it was the first one that I found, uh, mm-hmm. it, it tanked. So they start to have the sense like, oh shit, like we're gonna get dropped from our, 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 our record label. We have all this money. They're like paying for us to do all this stuff, but like we're lame duck. So what do we do? And what they did is, they decided to make like the most intricate and specific and like idiosyncratic record they could possible because they had all of the resources, right? And like, I think the reason in part that I love this album and like, I'm piecing this together after the fact, but um, is that so much of it is about shooting your shot and living your, your, your life in like a really, really authentic way. And that's like a combination of, and and really just like, I think as a result of the pressure that they, or maybe the lack of pressure that they felt from realizing that they had all the resources in the world, but uh, they didn't have to necessarily perform in order to continue to maintain that. Um, so uh, interesting background that I think kind of like informs uh, the shape and, and like the stance that they took with this album. Yeah, I think that's cool. And it was not something I'd come across. So it's interesting to hear. Um, I think I had seen like s- sort of some rumblings about the basics of like their first album kind of tanked mm-hmm. and they were they were kind of up against it. Um, but I think, I mean, you know, that's what you want to see in the end, right? Like, like you're going to get at least like you, at least if you're going to go out, you're going to go out swinging and, you know, try to come up with something or try to put something out that is uh that little grain of truth that that is like gonna make up a good piece of art right exactly and and and, uh, you know when i extend this to life and and you could argue that's that's just all anyone should be doing you know yeah Yeah. um one last question before we get into categories yeah and maybe this should be a new category actually uh so given we've talked about how esoteric it is how specific uh do you want to guess what pitchfork gave this uh oh album God. out of 10 for uh when it initially ranked it so okay so if i was guessing for pitchfork right now it would be different than pitchfork in the 90s right so wow great answer already great answer. <laughs> uh i think if i were going for pitchfork now I think they would love it because they would be like, 
this is so different. It's so unusual. It's really speaking to the finest sliver of whatever they, they need to find a reason to like something. I think because of the nineties, when they're at the height of their powers, they are the tastemakers. I think they were like, these guys don't got it. I think they gave it like a four and a half. Three and a half. Wow. Oh my God. And wow. I'll, 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 I'll dig in further. So A, I think that they're so embarrassed by this stance and this take that they actually have scrubbed it from the internet. So <laughs> it doesn't exist as a, a, an article anymore. I actually had to go to uh, the internet archive and find oh like the original God. article. That's incredible. Second fun fact about it is that the article, this is so strange. This is like early before. It is written from the standpoint, uh, because, because this was happening during like the uh, kind of ongoing war in Yugoslavia. It was written from the standpoint of like American soldiers trying to torture Slobodan Milosevic, the former president of the Yugoslavia, trying to get him out of his compound. Um, so I'll take That's a quote here. crazy. It's crazy. It is so crazy. Um, and what, okay, the quote here is, there's no edge, no barb, no emotion. Sure, they may come from the emo scene, but the feelings here are so adolescent and stale that it's hard to be moved. This band could be the next Goo Goo Dolls. Holy shit. Like, wow. Wow. So then they do that. And then like 20 years later, they scrub it from the internet and then they come out with a, a, a ranking that's like 9.5 out of 10. And they're like, exactly what you're saying. Like these people are genius. This is a seminal album. All of this shit that we're talking about. It's so funny. God damn. If that doesn't like really prove the point of like critics and like, I don't know, man, that's brutal. Is that wild? Wow. Wow. Shocking shocking to me and like horrific like i almost feel like a physical embarrassment for them for how bad that take is that's they thought they were so clever they thought it was so well written everything about it is terrible it's also yeah it's also like wildly tasteless but Uh, yeah yeah no like (laughs) truly like I, they were trying to be topical and it just like went like really out of uh out of sorts so and like you would only write that i mean i guess that this goes to show like you'd only write that if you really thought this this was a garbage thing like just yep. that will never stand the test of time wow it'll incredible. just like, stand in a garbage bin yeah exactly incredible all right let's go into the okay. awards let's uh, do it I what you got for me you what overloaded with I, I did way too much internet research this time. I got excited. No, so not no such thing as too much. So that was incredible. It was a great learning experience. I love the trivia. I think we should keep that up. Um, yeah. But yeah, all right. So first up, we got the at the Circle K. Lox Machiavelli is AFK award. What are you putting? What is the lyric that you're putting as your aim away message? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny. Like parallel experience to you and Deja Antandero. So many of these were <laughs> passed away messages, Facebook, uh, album titles, captions, what have you, like, and not even in like a creative way. Like I, it's, it, man, it's, it's kind of messed up. I have seven things here that could have been uh, winners here, ranging from like just 
just watch the fireworks for me this is heaven like this just kind of like again like impressionistic feeling but like vague people are going to wonder like oh something positive is like happening in this guy's life like what's yeah. what's going on um but ultimately i think the one that i pulled out and i'll, I'll truncate this but i love this line like if i don't let myself be happy now then when if not now then when uh, a little bit of a tongue twister i would just probably switch it to if not now then when i think that communicates like uh, a sense of urgency and uh, again kind of like the the root emotion of of that lyric while being uh kind of cryptic enough that that is it's really going to draw people in i think that the funny note about this is this was my away message multiple times and then in retrospect i think it was like a doritos tagline or motto for a while as well so i think that people were probably getting kind of confused about that but um yeah yeah i, I there's a lot here but uh that that's the one that you know put guns in my head that i have to i have to choose yeah um, uh, that is that is good and i i think yeah that that song and that moment in that song is like really good it's got a good it's got a good feel and i i feel like what is well a lot of times what i'm thinking about within away message is what are the lyrics what are they communicating how is it doing it but also like if somebody knows it can they pull mm. the next layer from that like mm. So you can use them two ways, right? Like I can be ironic, maybe like I'm saying something that sounds happy, but if you know the context of the song, it's really sad. Um, <laughs> or, yep. you know, it's like something good is happening and I am throwing it in the face of that lyric a little bit. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I thought that this album was rife with with perfect away message status type stuff because of well, exactly what you talked about. Like it's, it's the kind of thing that is sort of um, conceptual enough and broad enough and abstract enough that you get mm -hmm. to fill in the lines exactly how you want. Yeah. But also there are some that you can like wield like a club, like, God, like if I had been listening to this as a teenager, like every Christmas I'm putting in <laughs> Christmas <laughs> baby. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like I was not, you know, this, you don't need to be clever. Sometimes, sometimes it does the clever for you. Just a big dumb animal, just running, running through the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if I had to pick um, one in the end, uh, it's from Crush, and it's taking restraint like a breath. My lungs are so numb from holding back. And oh, come on, that's oh yeah, that's your no, boy. It's so funny. It's so funny because I, I'll be honest, I didn't know the lyrics to Crush. I looked them up, and I was like, that is. That is money, but it's also not authentic for me to put it there. Uh, so I'm so glad that you picked that out. T talk to me a little bit more about wh why that stood out. It just like, you know, it's just got, it's got the crunch for me and it's got the sort of like, it's got the right feels. Um, I, I think that there are some ways in which Crush to me felt sort of the most familiar territory, sort of emo wise to me. Um, and you know, like I, I'm a sucker for a sad song, and like this one, you know, according to Pitchfork, emotionless though it may be, I'm like, no, this is this is gutting me, man. Like, I see it, like, I this is gonna pull it out of me. Uh, and so like 
I think it does. It does. Uh, this is like uh, such a good example. This this whole song to me of like setting the stage for that stuff that comes later. Like, um, this like image of being together, and then like you're holding so tight to this thing. And it, it just, I'm, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. This you know this whole album made me a believer in Jimmy World for sure. Um. But I think this this song in the end was what, where I felt on the sort of like most comfortable territory. That that's so interesting too because I'm trying to triangulate it relative to the one that you had for Deja and Tandu, which was kind of painting yourself as an underdog. People aren't really uh, expecting much of you, but you're going to surprise them. Uh, and then I think with this one, maybe a, a little different genre of like emo boy. Uh, boi but but like the the guy that like can't make the move like really has like it's holding all the feelings but like doesn't know the mechanism to like get to the next level with the person that he wants to um and i'm like uh, yeah i'm curious if i think i know the answer to this but uh if, if that if that resonates or if that feels like that was a version of you at some point a hundred percent a hundred percent i i think you know, we we talked a little bit about the like misogyny and emo, but I think there was like a big streak of like I, I think it was like two big threads of like one of them was like I can't do it, this is my fault, I'm the fuck up, I am a broken person who can't have a good relationship, and then the other thread was like, well, I'm unappreciated, like I'm an intellectual, yeah. and I, like I, and I will we'll talk about that a little bit more, um, but. Like, I think that, you know, those things in sort of equal measure or relevant measure, like, yeah, definitely that was a version of me that was like, I don't know how to do it, or I'm going to break it. Um, as a side note, I think it's really interesting that you, your takeaway from, because I'm pretty sure my line was, call me a safe bet, I'm betting I'm not, right? It was, yes. yes. Your takeaway from that is, I'm an underdog, and I'm going to prove you wrong. And my takeaway from that is totally self-deprecating. It's like, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to blow it. You think I'm a safe bet and I'm not. So I, I think that I, this is again, like, I really like, you know, I think we're getting our sort of like our two perspectives here on the same thing and a thing that we talk about and appreciate, but in very interestingly different ways. Little little Rorschach test, little baby Rorschach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rorschach's journal, right here. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Wow, the podcast first Watchmen reference, first of many. <laughs> Maybe the only one. That's the only thing I know from Watchmen, aside from. <laughs> we can edit this, but Doctor Manhattan, and you know. Anyway, so uh, yeah. Uh, um... Good. <laughs> so Let's, next up yeah before we get taken down by the censors um uh, next one chris caraba yep. hands, hands down. down the best day that i this can ever remember day i can ever remember uh, all right i want to go first i want to go first on this one I, uh, I, I great <laughs> um i think for me it is um like the chorus of blister into the breakdown so it's like how long would it take me across the United States? And then it goes, when the world caves in. Ooh. It's right around 120. 
And we sort of talked about this like a little bit with brand new, but that is just like my speed of like, we're, you're taking me up, up and then we crash down the other side, like mm-hmm. off the waterfall. Mm-hmm. And, and this really does it. And like, I don't know, like I, I, I was thinking a lot about this and like trying to look for something a little more, I don't even know if this is the case, but this felt like the obvious choice for me, but it also felt like almost like a little basic. And I don't know if that's at all how that song or the, like that portion of the album is viewed, but it, it totally got me. I will also say here, I sneaky really liked like all of Christmas card again, that's on the expanded album. It's like, I love that the, wow raw underdone like almost demo-y version of something like yeah. that yeah, yeah, and yeah. i love how it tied into the uh to 12 12 23 95 like uh, it mm-hmm. just that one really clicked mm-hmm. for me um I, I really 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 liked that that song but i didn't feel like that was you know just just in terms of a like really specific portion it was it's got to be blister that's so interesting uh and at some point i want to get your thoughts on the demo version of sweetness as well because that is it's like the sandpapery version of of like what what you are on bleed american um very much uh demo very much uh, kind of yeah. work in progress blister it's funny um i think in in terms of and it's 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 just again so interesting that you're coming at it from like a complete outside perspective someone that hasn't seen the album someone that's not a jimmy well fan has their own sensibilities like I don't know that I hear a lot of people talk about Blister. I don't. I don't know that it's like one that that's uh, is part of like the um, kind of like ethos of of, of this album or like really emblematic. So yeah, I, I think that probably speaks a lot to maybe it, it, it as you're saying like the vibe. It just like fits into a groove and a pattern of some like you, a pattern recognition of something that like you are pretty like more familiar with and like yeah, more, that's uh, that kind of blows my mind. Like I. I feel like I feel like if out of any of the songs, out of any of the things, I feel like that's the one that I would have expected to have the most mainstream success. Like I know that we already talked about listens and stuff like that, yeah. but I'm going in sight unseen. If I'm picking a hit, that's yeah. the one that I'm picking to be the hit. It, it sounds the, the biggest. Yeah, it, it that, sounds that, like it could make it into some kind of a car commercial or something. Like I don't know, like. Oh, yeah, pro skater weird. contract. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I do feel that same way. Um, and I will divulge where this comes up for me in a, yeah. in a later category. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it does, so it does, it does, it talks in a different way. Yeah. Hands down, this is the best day Howard can ever remember. What's your, what's your, uh, what's your take? And I, I can remember watching the fireworks. Uh, no, actually, there there are. <laughs> I have three. I have I haven't actually picked up, picked out one yet. So I'll I'll just give you kind of rapid fire the ones that are really popping for me. So yeah. on a Sunday, uh, I think in particular, like every time, there are two things that I love on this on on this track. One is when they hit the chorus, and all of the like ornate instrumentation that it has just like falls away, and it's just his voice and the organ. It just sounds, I don't know that Jim Atkins has an angelic voice, but like the effect is angelic. Um, so I can really appreciate that. Same song on a Sunday, kind of near the end, the violin's hit. Like sucker for a good string section. So yeah, 
Yeah. I don't think that's a winner, but like something that like really, really speaks to me. Um, and then the, the other two are the ones that are like really recursive and just strange ass songs. Just watch the fireworks. Mm -hmm. uh, seven minutes of just inception in song form, layer upon layer, Russian nesting doll. Yeah. Uh, kind of like memory palace repetition. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that I didn't really, really appreciate it until listening for this uh, podcast and really examining like how, yeah, no, just, just how nested the, the, the layers are. And when you think it's ending and it's like crescendoing, it actually just like falls back into like an earlier version of the song. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, sh oh shit. Uh, and I'm not doing a great job explaining it, but uh, maybe I can just interject the entire seven minute song here so right. that people can understand. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I think it, it is, it's like interesting. And I, I think one of the things you said, you know, it's like it's sort of like inception. And like, I, I think what you're like, one of the things that feels to me like you're driving out that I really felt at least was um, like this whole album feels very atmospheric to me. And there are, there are, there are tons of dynamics and there are big moments that say, here I am, listen to me, but it's such a different listening experience then brand new like yeah i feel like the brand new songs you know are are sort of individual in their own way and really require you to be listening to them to take mm. them in whereas i feel like this album has a lot of moments that are hypnotic and sort of like yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> in a way it's like it gets you to sort of like vibrate with the song as opposed to be like, I am listening and paying attention. Um, and I thought that was really oh interesting contrast. Dude, that's such a good way to describe it. And I, I think there's really no other song on the album that makes me feel exactly what you're talking about than freaking Goodbye Sky Harbor, last song. Yeah. We yeah. haven't even talked about this. No. 16 minutes, 16 minutes long. Crazy, crazy. 16 minutes and, and the last... 12 no lyrics just loop upon loop upon loop and and what you're saying is like it's hard not to get hypnotized it's hard not to honestly like if you if you've heard it for the first time or like aren't cheering for jimmy world or not listening for the purpose of a podcast it's probably pretty easy to be like what is this shit i'm gonna turn this off uh but you get rewarded for staying and like just bathing in this the, the ether there's so many times dude when i was like taking a shower or walking with this album and Goodbye Scarber, Sky Harbor would come on and I forget that it was on. And like, I would be transported like 10 minutes into the song and the dynamics and like the instrumentation is just completely different than it was like at, at, at minute four. Uh, and, you know, I, I think for that reason, actually, I would say that this is like, that, that this, is, this is my winner for, for this category. I think it is, I don't know that it's the best song, but it's the one that is the most unique and, and probably uh, most reflective of the experience of this album. Yeah, I love that. And I, I totally agree. It's, it's sort of, it ends up being like almost meditative. And I think that it is, it, it, it really speaks to the, the, the quality of it, that it that it can get away with it. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't think a lot of albums and songs like this can get away from it. Like, yeah, I feel like most of the time songs like that 
Um, there's there's one on the I think it's the Devil and God, but there's like brand new has an instrumental that I just like. There's a couple of them that I just like was like, ah, eh, these are fine, skip them. And then you see them live, and they'll like fucking tear your face off. But then like you get like an, a band like fish or like a jam band and again mm-hmm. it's like they have long track they have tracks that exist and those are okay but it's all about being there live for to hear them sort of build and iterate but yeah. so i feel like so rarely can you get away with that on an album um mm. and this one does this one steals it out from under you like it feels like they they sort of like lure you in and then like like lull you they hypnotize you and you're just like then <laughs> you're just with it like you're just you might feel like you're moving on, but but it's the gears are still turning in your head to that same rhythm. And yeah, yeah, it's it reminds me of that scene in uh, Talladega Nights. Ricky Bobby, he's on the phone, and he's just, he just he just like keeps on getting hypnotized into talking to his friend. And you know, <laughs> it's like I don't know how you're doing this, but it's happening. Like they're friends again, you know? It's, uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah, it's just freaking. <laughs> Oh man. Um, okay. Love it. Love it. Um, next one. Yeah. Very well, I guess this is growing up. What's uh, what, what, like, what is hitting you right now? What's that? As what's hitting ball. me now? What? Yeah, I know. So in- obviously, really interesting, right? Like, I mostly really am interested to hear what you think because I only have the sort of adult context. Um, but I can sort of imagine like I, what I did was when I was thinking about this one, I was trying to play like, what would teenage Andrew have thought about this album? Um, and I think really like the only angle in I would have had was like this song catering to my desire to feel like I am an intellectual, really my desire to move myself a little farther down the line on the like hipster relativity yeah, scale yeah. and be like, Oh, you don't listen to this? Like that's the closest I could get, I think. But I think I just was. This is why I, it's funny you mention that. Sorry, this is this is why I love this album so much because I'm a fucking hipster. I think I have the best <laughs> taste in the world. So of course, I'm going to gravitate towards like all this esoteric shit. Anyway, sorry, yeah. go No, no, no. I like just I I say it once, say it a million times. But I'm I'm angsty. I am. I would have been too angsty for this. I think when it came out first, well, I would have been uh-huh. too young, but as a teenager, it just, it, there's no way, it's, there's no way it's going to hit for me. And as an adult, as a 34 year old listening to this, I'm like, this album's fucking excellent. Like this album do, does speak to me because I have a, you know, a range of emotions that is different from you know the polar polar scales of i'm as happy as i could be or i'm as sad i'm like no there's a lot of space in here that a lot of life exists in um and and, you're not a tower of id anymore yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yes exactly exactly yes and this definitely appeals to the ego for sure interesting what about you what you got um i i for me it was a lyric it was was a lyric and, and a song so believe in what you want and in particular, the lyric, do you believe in what you want? Um, I think the context on the album is, I believe they're trying to attack other bands that are like selling out. But for me, when I, when I hear, do you believe in what you want? That's a damn good question. It's like a 36 year old guy, uh, you know, I, I know and see and I have like just gone down a path in life, uh, 
and like thought I wanted it because that was what was like a societally uh, convenient or prevailing idea, right? So this, this question of, do you actually believe in what you're pursuing? Is it worth pursuing? Is a really good one. And like, I would argue, I wrote this very dramatically in my notes, like, I think it's the root of all happiness is like the alignment between what you're doing and knowing that it is actually what you want to do. Um, so that question of like, are you actually pursuing the things that like give you life? Can you take a critical look at your life and say that, okay, like everything is down, everything is uh, kind of in pursuit of uh, my values and, and the things that I, I, I truly believe in, uh, I think is, is like, it's funny, like there, I just don't think there are that many lyrics in this album because they repeat so much shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but, but that one is, is like the one for me that, that really sticks out. And I was like, um, maybe the only one that feels like a realistic contender for, for this award. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. Like, and I, I, I agree. Like, I think, you know, we, we've talked about it in a couple of different ways, right? Like everything has shades of gray and like the sort of like id versus ego, but like, I think what you're talking about speaks to that exactly. It's like, at, at, as you become an adult, part of becoming an adult is saying the world doesn't just exist in black and white. And right. I need to, you know, I need to have my agency in my own life to pick the shades of gray that I want to live in. And if suddenly I don't believe in that shade of gray or that shade of gray isn't what I wanted and I've been pursuing it for so long and I wanted someone that was way different, you're totally right. Like there's going to, there's a huge discordance there. Um, and mm. so I, I think that that is the kind of thing that couldn't hit when you're a teenager, when life is black and white. She loves me. She loves me not. Um, that was basically the context that I viewed the world in. Um, but, and is so important as an adult. Oh, oh, talking about shades of gray, all 50 yeah, of them. Man. I love it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was that kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> that's the only fans version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's, what, this is the first song for your mixtape. What what song are you going to put on mix for a bill? This one, I've, I'm going to be curious if you disagreed with me, but it feels dead to rights, man. Uh, for me, this is heaven. Like both in terms Boom. of content and music, this is, uh, you know, we mentioned it, but that is the reason that I think this is the most listened to song on the album uh, is, is because like, it's the one that you can go, here's how I feel about you. <laughs> that's yep. it right like why no. else am i sending i mean not why else am i sending a song it could be really cool or there's a cool chord progression or whatever but like that is the one this is the one that has the most sort of like emotionally resonant sorry i, I love the idea of you trying to seduce a girl based off of like a song that has a sick chord progression like <laughs> i want to have that one for me. like <laughs> no i'm saying that is a different reason to send a song to someone I not see, to I put see, it see. on the mixtape sorry just to be clear just to be clear but I don't know, maybe if it was a musician, uh, I'd be out of my depth at that point, but. <laughs> Jenny right, well, or something like that. Yeah, what do you, uh, <laughs> what do you got on this one? Uh, no, you're right, De dead to rights. I, I don't think that there's any other option here, really. Uh, you're yeah. not gonna put, I mean, depending on the time of the year, maybe 1223.95. Yeah, uh, yeah, topical, there's something but, there. 
he says baby that's a little romantic i'm not really a baby guy but you know uh that one yeah. uh the thing yeah the, the for me this is heaven i jotted this down i was like this there's must have been so many youtube mixtapes of like wb characters that like people are trying to put together in relationships and that's like set to that song it's just like shimmery <laughs> and like twinkly and romantic and like yeah no it's it's it has to be that song like a million times over um, yeah. yeah 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 100 percent. i think uh yeah i, I think uh th this is also a song another one of those songs that to me is sort of like very aggressively setting the stage for the emo that comes later um mm. talk to me about I, that I, we, we, well we like I, I just feel like it really sort of fits that sort of midwest emo bill and the like you know again it's like sort of like opening with this image and then like talking about your feelings and then, you know, moving on to like the big emotional chorus, right? Like the first star I see may not be a star. Like that is, that is like, I mean, it sounds great in the album and it sounds so fucking stupid when I say it like that, but it's a little romantic, right? Right, you're like, right, exactly. But that's the thing. It's like, let me just talk about a thing that's happening because I can't talk about my feelings yet. And if that's not emo, it, God, I don't even know what it is. What do you mean? It's not a star. Yeah, it's got to be a plane. Yeah. It's got to be a plane. Maybe a satellite. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Mm, all right. All right. Next category. Next category. Mm. Boys like you are a dime a dozen. All right. I, I basically album. have nothing to say on this one. Should we have considered any other albums? I don't know. It seems like Bleed American maybe could be the only other one to consider, but I, tell me what you got because I have like no opinion. No, you're right. You're right. I, I think that uh, Bleed American would be the one that we would consider, even if it's just uh, from kind of like a popularity and, and, and volume standpoint. Static Reveals, it's just not up, up, up to the level of quality and caliber of this album. I think Bleed American, again, uh, multiple orders of magnitude more popular and bigger and obviously like their big break and and like a really cool story the thing i forgot about kind of like this capital records rigmarole that i was describing is like they got dropped they got dropped and then they just kind of did the thing where they're like well fuck you we have enough money we're gonna finance our next album and it's gonna be something and it turned out to be bleed american and it turned out to be like a massive massive hit so kudos to them for that but fuck yeah. them. It is not emo. That is not an emo <laughs> album. That is a power pop album. It is soft. It is smooth like a Ken doll. Like there's just nothing to really like grab onto there that is emo. So like, I think it, it had to be this album. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think there's even really a debate in, in the way that there was for brand new. Like there's, there's no other true emo album that that's a contender here. Nice. Nice. Um, I like to hear that. Easy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're you're so last summer. Is this is an interesting one? Is do you feel like there was a part that didn't really age well? My answer for this is super dumb, <laughs> but uh, the only thing that I came up with is uh, the the uh, your new aesthetic because they talk about taking back the radio and nobody listens yeah. to the fucking radio. That's all I got. <laughs> I, that does that one does feel um pretty particularly 90s to me it's like we're gonna take back the radio and do the thing and i'm like mm, eh, the radio <laughs> persists but 
(laughs) People make money and yeah, uh, right. It's like, yep. No, you're, you're down. I'm with you hundred percent. You're, you're an aesthetic. (laughs) Get that out of there. Uh, The point that you raise is fucking hilarious. Uh, I think the, the, my angle was that um, they're talking about like imitate and water down and, and this creative process and all this stuff. Like, but again, not to be like an emo hipster elitist, but couldn't you argue by transitioning away from emo and into power pop in the next few albums that like they are kind of watering themselves down? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a fair thing to say, but uh, it seems a little uh, hypocritical or at the very least, like not consistent with the direction that their sound took. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Also, uh, I don't know that we have like an LVP or like a song that we we might leave on the cutting room floor, but I, I, this yeah, may yeah. be because you're you're right. Like, take back the radio is just like such a such a lame like call to action. I don't I don't really get it, but it's yeah. so but it's so '90s to me. It's like and I, and that yeah. was such a thing at that time. It's like don't be a sellout. And it's always uh, the idea of the sellout thing, I think is so fascinating. It's so much, I feel like there's so, it's so much about how an artist of any kind positions themselves. Like my favorite example is like, no one has ever complained about Star Wars. Well, now they might, but no, when the, for the original trilogy, nobody ever complained about George Lucas selling out by selling Mm. in fuck infinity action figures, like (laughs) branding, Branding and marketing, like merch, was just part of that thing. And so nobody ever was like, yeah, George Lucas really sold out. He sold out from his American graffiti days. Like, like nobody said that. And so like, whereas when somebody positions themselves in that alternative space, it's like they're almost inviting themselves to sell out and or are trying to sort of like draw a line in the sand. And, And I think... I bet, I don't know, I'd like to muse that that line in the sand had a lot more space to exist in the 90s when there was so much money to be made that you could exist as someone being like, I'm an outsider, I'm not going to sell out. Whereas now it's like Spotify is going to pay you (laughs) a nickel and it's like squeeze every nickel for 10,000 listens. Spotify, you 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 got to sponsor us if you want. Uh, <laughs> this is a Spotify podcast, to be to be clear, <laughs> or wherever Please. else you get your podcast. Um, I need a fancy the gay hole, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's. I think I do. I think that that song is the one that feels a little passe. Um, it just doesn't. 100%. It doesn't. It doesn't feel contemporary, and I don't think basically any of the other ones lean on anything like that in the same way at least not to me and, and it's it's interesting too that you say that because when we think about like the age of this album and how it holds up i think everything does hold up really well except for that song except totally for song. like i gotta be honest like you could do you could strip the vocals out and have boney Vare fucking record falsetto vocals over it and you might not know the difference. I mean, maybe you need a little yeah. digital editing, but like, yeah, there this 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 album actually not in the actual sound of it, but in the feel of it, really struck a lot of chords with me with Bon Iver's self-titled album. Like, just mm. feeling very atmospheric, and I am in a space, and I am 
floating in that album, like you said, floating in the ether of that album in a way. Um, and I not I know not everybody feels that way about Bony Bears, uh, the second, the self-titled. Um, but wow, it, it makes me think like we have to do uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard of the Oz, like match up with the two albums and see if they sync yes. up. Like, oh my god, yeah, but don't listen to them backwards. <laughs> incredible as <laughs> i wonder if bony bear has any 16 minute songs though <laughs> oh, no doubt no doubt oh my god all right uh, next up we got our lawyer made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued award for the most superfluous song title and lyric it's it's so funny i don't think there's like a title that's super superfluous they're all pretty concise yeah uh i would argue that like many of the lyrics Despite being like pretty decent or like very superfluous, just because they repeat them like hundreds of times. Yeah. Uh, the the one in particular I have is uh, 1223, 1995. Merry Christmas, baby. To me, like we know, we know, we can look at the date. We we know what day it is. Like you know, well, you don't have to remind me. It's Christmas Eve Eve, Howard. It's not even Christmas the same. Eve, it's not actually okay. actually Christmas. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's good. You know, you've, yeah, I think you got something there. Like it, it is the only one that doesn't follow the form and it's the only one that like is saying something else that isn't like, and actually, I don't know if this is true, but is it the only one that isn't actually a lyric in the song? I guess Blister might not say that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Blister might not be, I don't know about Carrie either. uh, That's interesting. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's doing a little bit of a different thing, right? Like it is. Yeah. Um, th- what I had for this one was, again, I totally agree. Like they're pretty toned down. They're pretty, nothing's nothing's really out there. Um, but uh, the, the one that I had was for me, this is heaven. Uh, it's sort of the, the only reason being, it's sort of like the most overt. It's like. I'm uh, I'm putting my stake in the in, in the ground and saying this is it for me this is heaven and you know whatever I, I don't it's not that superfluous it is you know fits well with the it's, song it's very straightforward does I think what you're saying there's no there's no nuance yeah like actually but, don't think they say for me this is heaven in that song do they I don't know that they do no I don't know that they do. But Just, I mean, no, they do not. Right. So okay, very interesting. Yeah, it, it, like it is the most straightforward, and also that's that's why it's it's like in part like the one that you put on the mixtape. It is totally, the one that totally uh, is the most listened to because. Uh, all the dumb, dumb Americans. No, just kidding. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just is like the, the most straightforward and, and like approachable of, of all of this like esoteric ephemera that they've like kind of yeah, stringed yeah. together on this album. So um, yeah, that one has a, uh, a clear message that, that you would, one would say to someone else and not all the others have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one uh i'll i'll start with this one thanks for the memories would i see this band in concert uh i think i would uh uh yeah i mean i would i would go see them now i think it would be interesting yeah Uh, like they're not i mean it'd be cool as hell to have them play this album front to back like damn sure i'm going on that tour um yeah but going to see them otherwise you're getting a really interesting mix of different stuff and then like 
how many songs from this album are they going to play? But I'd probably go. I, like I said, yeah. this, this, this did make me a believer in them. So, but the, I, yeah, I don't know. You still have to kind of deal with the rest of the catalog. I'll be honest. I don't know anything really after Bleed American. And in my head, it's all, it's all the smooth boy stuff that uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know is, is really like up, up our alley. Uh, it is interesting. They did a series on YouTube, I believe called the Phoenix Sessions because they're from Arizona, um, where they do play this album from front to back. Uh, and I'll, I'll send it to you. It, like, yeah, that's no, no, no audience. It's just them on a stage. I think it was probably like during COVID. It sounds really good. It sounds really, really good. Uh, and, and, and to your point, like I, if they did one of those... Uh, postal service tours where it's just like this we got one album we're just yep. gonna play this top to bottom yeah you know you love it like uh i think it would absolutely crush it would absolutely yep. crush in spite of the fact that it's like you know esoteric album or, or or what have you but um so yeah funny funny thing about this is i actually am going to see go see them uh my this is you know my brother and i don't the venn diagram of our music is so so small the intersection and i think it is like literally the sliver that is like jimmy Eat world so uh That's we're awesome. going my 25th we're going at red rocks um which will be really fun i don't know that i've been to a concert with him since blink 182 uh wow. at fiddler's green which was a uh, phoenix tx whatever the fuck who, who, who's oh yeah phoenix tx, TX yeah, yeah 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 like uh my first uh concert ever uh, i uh, you know, you could see that that's like when I hit puberty or whatever, but um, yeah. So July 25th, we'll, we'll see them. I'm excited. I, I, I like, again, I, I, I think you're exactly right. Give me the clarity tour, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pay a lot for that, but yeah, uh, it will be interesting. I, I haven't actually dug into the, um, the kind of like, uh, uh, what songs they play in concert and, and what the sequencing is. I don't know if they play any of these ones. I can't imagine that like too many of them are crowd pleasers. So it, it would be, that would be like deep fan service to like their early, early fans. At, right. Yeah, I, I don't even know that it happens. So right. uh, it's good for me to do them too. Well, maybe you have to uh, revisit after you after you went. We'll do the, the Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I'm a believer in like all the other stuff. Yeah. We'll see. I, I probably shouldn't have like such a, an elitist attitude towards that because bleed american was like for a time is one of my favorite albums like and it was like there's no real reason that i've turned it aside from i just like clarity better and clarity is like emo to me and that isn't but yeah 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 we'll, we'll see I, I tend to be an elitist i think everyone should know yeah. this by now so yeah. um okay uh and time check i have maybe 15 minutes so Great. we can we can always crunch for time we can bust through these ones yeah we'll be uh yeah, that's right. I'm a big dork and I listen to emo and I'm dating her. Uh, was Cohen. any of these songs Seth Cohen? Yeah, classic Seth, Seth Cohen. Cohen. Um, any of the songs from this album on, on the OC soundtrack? Definitely not. Uh, not from this album. Uh, nope. Maybe couldn't have gotten away with a, for me, this is heaven. Maybe in a montage. Mm. I don't know. We'll touch on that. But uh, uh, I did find in my research that they did recover, record a cover of Last Christmas that was featured <laughs> on the OC's Chrismica album. So I don't think it was even <laughs> in the show. 
Um, it was acceptable. It it didn't uh, <laughs> it didn't really hit for me. Um, it, it must uh, have been yeah. the smoothest, most charmony soft cover that like I could imagine. <laughs> I, yeah, it just I was like I just didn't I didn't feel like it did anything better than the original. No. And anything else you think could make it? Uh, no, I, I, I think you're right. For, for me, this is heaven. It, it reminds me, though, like one of the things that I really loved about emo and that era was when they started to do like everyone loves doing a cover, but like they would do the themed cover yes. uh, records. So the one that was like there was there was one where it was all like uh, covers of like movie soundtrack songs or, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff like that. That Christmas album like reminds me of that. So yeah and the like pop goes punk and then like, exactly, yeah, totally, exactly they had like no you're totally right there was like movie soundtracks or something like that where it's like classic rom-com hits and yeah it was it was a fun fun thing when they were just like throw money at an idea you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah throw throw 30 grand at this band get them in the thing <laughs> get them in the booth they'll record a couple of weird we'll pick something I don't they're, know. they're gonna butcher a classic christmas song it'll be great like it, right, so. right 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 Oh God. Uh, okay. The Saint of Scene. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Do we feel like we covered this or do we need to dig in a little bit more? I mean, Is this- we can definitely I think I think it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, it's not cut and dry. It's definitely not cut and dry. It's the opposite of cut and dry, but it is emo. I think it I think it is clearly emo, at least as Tom Mullen calls it, washed up emo calls it. Um and you know. It's not only emo, but I think it definitely is emo to me. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Uh, emo plus, <laughs> again, Wikipedia research, chamber pop. I don't know what chamber pop is, but love, uh, love a lot it. of string instruments. Fuck, like I did a bad job introing. Like all, I, I should have done a, a rundown of all of the instruments that they used on this freaking album because like <laughs> you got a violin, you got a cello, you have all of the standard like emo and punk rock stuff. You have a glockenspiel, you have bells. Like it's just, it's oh just everything. They really like, uh, you know, went to the elementary school like music closet and just grabbed everything <laughs> that they could and just tried to play all of the instruments just cause like, fuck it, why not? And, and like, it, it sounds good. I respect it for it. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool as crap. God, that's ridiculous. Uh, Jesus. Decade right. under the influence. Karaoke <laughs> award. Karaoke award. Uh I, I I will say. Actually, no, you got it. You got it. Dude, I don't think you can do any song off this album and not get booed off stage. I don't know what song <laughs> has it. Like, I think like you're just like people are gonna like. I don't know, man. Do Sky Harbor and everybody gets to take a lap around the block or something. I, I don't know. I got I got nothing. I got nothing on this one. Oh man, you you completely took the wind out of my goodbye Sky Harbor troll. <laughs> oh, so no. Was- oh no. Oh <laughs> no. Oh my god. You don't want 16 minutes of me sounding like the theme song from Doug? Like, come on, man. Like, do it. Yeah, but we get like the theme song of Doug for like what the first, what did you say, three or four minutes? Yeah, the yeah, last yeah, yeah. 12 minutes and we're just 
you know, like you get the fucking karaoke bar and it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like a progress bar and they say like 7,000 measures of rest and you're like, okay, Jesus. All right. Well, you know, you guys get to listen to the rest of this song. It's like with that, when that thing lasts 30 seconds, I'm like, get me off of the stage. So. Get me out of here. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. And and like even the songs that are accessible, like even, you know, for me, this is heaven or whatever, like I don't know. Uh it it sounds good with Jim Adkins singing it. Yeah. There's nothing for a karaoke crowd to chew on, man. Like it's not. It's like it's all cerebral. You don't think you can hit the high notes like Jim Atkins? I think if you guys have a private room and it's getting towards the end of the night and everybody's real drunk, you can maybe pull off something where everybody goes to sleep and then they are singing that when they wake up in the morning. I don't know. I got nothing. It's restorative know. yoga. Tuck everyone yep. in. And yeah. Start doing... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did put down maybe blister, maybe yeah. blister. The problem is like, no one knows it. No one cares about it. Yeah. So like, no one's going to get into it. That's the whole thing. Like with karaoke is like so much of it is recognition. Yeah. Um, and, and, and people being able to like get swayed by the song. And yeah, it's not, it's just not that fucking kind of album. And I regret, like, this is just a funny category. Cause I don't think they De- like Deja Antendu was that kind of album either. Um, we'll get so we'll, we'll I think to- some of them, some I, of them will have a, something a little more. Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident that, that we will, but yeah. blister. How long will it take me to walk across the United States? That's a good, that's a nice little line. Yeah, that's that's great. a nice local line. But so. you're going to get them for like first time, the second time. You can get them the eighth time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's when everyone's going out and getting soju or whatever. Like it's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Last, last but not least, I'm just a notch in your bedpost, but you're just a line in the song. What's the best burn on this album? What's the sick burn here? Again, like, it's kind of what you're talking about at the beginning where this is an album from a standpoint of like, I hate to keep on using these adjectives, smooth and soft, but like a soft boy who like things are happening to them. Thing, they mm. are, things are getting inflicted mm. upon them. They are a victim. Uh, they're not doling stuff out, right? They They, they feel like, they're underappreciated. So I, I, I don't know that there's a lot of vitriol or, or real uh, anger or power here. The one thing that I could pull out here is your new aesthetic, I'll miss you when you're just like them. Like that's an interesting angle and like very bitter and very kind of jaded about people changing and I'm, you know, like better than you because I'm, I'm pure and, and like, uh, pursue my own art and, and vision kind of thing. So that's the best I got. I don't know that there really is any other burn or uh, insult even really. It's, it's just a lot of repeating uh, Merry Christmas baby and like painting word pictures of yeah, uh, yeah. freaking like uh, conceptual art in, in Santa Fe. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think- uh, what, what do you got? I agree with you. Like, I think there's not a lot, there's definitely not a lot of vitriol here. And 
you know, I think that the edge that I was talking about in the beginning is like sort of a more cultural edge and like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's like uh, almost more of a precipice than like any anything sharp per se. But um, uh, the only thing that I had well, uh, even the even the sort of burn-ish things that I have, I think really reflect what you're saying, which is like things are happening to this person. And so like they're all at best sort of passive aggressive. Um, so the, the sort of two that I ended up ha sticking with are a uh, new song, song we haven't talked about like at all. Uh, from oh. Lucky Lucky Denver Mint, Ooh, uh, yeah. you're not you're not bigger than this, not better. Why can't you learn? Um, I think that's got a little bit of spice to it. I yeah. was like, okay, okay, yeah. but I also like, you know, if if we're going back to at the Circle K, posting this is my way message, like that could also be self directed. Never know. Ooh, um, I actually, and then, I actually think it might be. In, like, really? in, in, in the context, <laughs> yeah, because that song is about him going to Vegas and like losing all his money, oh. uh, and like walking around alone and like despondent. So I think oh. he actually probably was referring to himself when he's when congratulations, he's you played yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Went to strip uh, club, thought the stripper was really into him. Yeah, it's just all this oh, shit. But anyway, so. uh, the only other one I had was. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know if I could call this a burn, but again, like it's the thing that felt like it almost had bite to it, but in that, in the most passive aggressive way possible, but it was uh, off of clarity. I'll take your words as if you were talking to me. So say what I know you'll say, say it through your teeth. And I feel like that button on like, say it through your teeth is like, we're gonna we're gonna grit this and like you gotta you gotta buck up and do it. Um, so that's the best I came it's up good. with. Not really a burn. It's it's more. This is hard. I'm looking for something. It's 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 Grandpa Simpson with his dentures out. There's just all gum, man. Like, there's, nothing, there's, no, there's no bite there, man. Like, yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. Oh man, oh, fascinating album. My gosh. Uh, yeah. I, I'm really glad that you picked this. I, you know, I thought it was a great sort of almost opposite end of the spectrum to Deja Antandu. Um, I thought it was really fun to dive in to something totally cold, totally fresh, um, and come away with like a really great album to put on on a drive or have on in the background or, you know, like listen to from time to Do time. Karaoke. Like, yeah, do it at karaoke. Throw it on the next playlist I make for a party somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, it's going to usurp closing time for my last song of the night. <laughs> so I just play them out. Um, but, I, but I really genuinely, like, really appreciated getting to listen to it and, like, getting to, you know go through one of those really, I mean, sort of seminal albums of like all of so much of the music that has been such a big part of my life. So um, any, any I, final, final words from you, the, the, the connoisseur. No, I, 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 I think you said it better, better than I could. And I, I'm one of the really fun things about 
I think this experience of doing this podcast with you is, is like us kind of like bucking ourselves. We're both emo kids. And like for, you know, 99% of the people, it's like, okay, these, these guys are the same. They listen to the same stuff. And like, just realizing that again, there's Venn diagrams and there's gaps and there's, there's overlap. And there are, I mean, I'm only a couple of years older than you, but like, uh, it just in terms of the angles that we started to take and, and really the palettes that we started to explore, it's, it's really cool to see uh, and experience like the full spectrum of things as like both a connoisseur and as I don't know that I don't know what the corollary is in this case a party boy or whatever just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, it, it is uh, it is so much fun to to do this and and to get enriched and um, yeah I think the next one next one Fallout Boy will be an interesting one um, yeah it's kind of like a mid mid-level of familiarity for me so we'll, nice. we'll see how it goes I mean, uh i feel like we'll have more karaoke fodder i feel like we'll have more burn um so yeah yeah just... probably some superfluous song titles especially <laughs> since they're the namesake just, just a guess. yeah um but yeah. yeah we're gonna do from under the cork tree um it is you know i i think this is another sort of like classic in the genre to me although yeah. uh Tom Mullen might might disagree, but um, I guess he's a little farther to the right of me in the hipster relativity category. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be really fun. Dude, uh, great hang. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for digging in. Um, and we'll be back ooh, fine, like a month from now. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait, man. Cool, man. Take it easy. See ya. See ya. Bye.